show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. It's the NXT. In three, two. This just in, it's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. It's the NXT. Air date, February the 13th, 2024. This is the aftermath of uh, Vengeance Day. So, let's go in. Uh, one, two, <clears throat> one, two, three. Welcome back, listener, to the wrestling show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of the NXT. But before we dive into the show, just a quick shout out to the non-competitors. That's right. First and foremost, making all the decisions representing the general manager and the daughter of The Rock, it's Ava. Next, um... Getting all the backstage scoops and all the pre-match interviews. We've got ourselves Kelly Kincaid. And of course, heading to the ring, we've got our officials, the referees of the night, and the team are, and the, the, <laughs> here's the team of uh, um, Adrian Butler, a.k.a. Daryl Sharma, Chip Danning, a.k.a. Chris Sharpay, Dallas Irving, a.k.a. D.A. Brewer, uh, Derek Sanders, a.k.a. Tom Caster. Felix Fernandez, a.k.a. Sam um, Carrion. Um, and Joey Gonzalez. And of course, letting everybody know who's about to fight and the results of such matches, it's Elisa Taylor. And of course, uh, least, and last we forget, it's the commentary crew, the play-by-play guys, the hosts, and I even call them narrators. I call them narrators of the whole damn show. They are the team of, now usually, <clears throat> it's the uh, two-time Hall of Famer, Booker T, but apparently he's away with some undisclosed surgeries he's had done a couple of weeks ago. He's, I guess he's, uh, maybe Charmel found, uh, he, he cut his balls off and he's, uh, he's got a, I don't know what, but that's what I hear. He, uh, he's getting his uh, balls surgically re, uh, reattached to his body. I don't know. That's just, uh, that's nonsense why I said that, but uh, regardless, why? Booker T's out. It's undisclosed, but he's out. But taking over for Booker T for now, or who knows, uh, for, for, well, at least for now, it's uh, Byron Saxton. 
Next is, of course, uh, he is the uh, a tippity top commentator. He's usually the voice of reason. And he's the man that sometimes a hockey fight might break out. It's Vic Joseph! Now, without any further cadus, let's get started with the, the big show. The big show. Now, of course, today, I usually start the shows off by saying who's what champions aren't showing up, aren't there today. Now, most of them are there, you know, uh, except for, you know, the main champion, Ilya Dragunov. Ilya Dragunov's not there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. And uh, that's about it. So, moving on with the day. Moving on with the day. We start off big. It is uh, a big tag team match starting it off. And uh, we start off in the blocker room area. Norm Dar and Oromensa, they're not ready to fight. Uh, or Norm Dar, he's sitting back with some cucumbers on his eyes saying, Oh, this is the life! Norm Dar, he's great. I love Norm Dar, you know. Anyway, so he's chillaxing in the back with some cucumbers and his action figure, he's got a cucumber on his face too. Anyways, so it's a, uh, it's hilarious. I guess this uh, strategy is done up by Robert Stone's children. Their idea. It's a sneak attack. And make sure before you, uh, you know, um, execute the sneak attack, you got to say it out loud. Sneak attack! Ah! It's, it reminds me of like uh, when you're children, you know, obviously. It's like, it's, like it's a pillow fight. Pillow fight! Ah! It was hilarious. They had a lot of fun. So it was uh, Robert Stone, Von Wagner attacking. The hapless Noam Dar and Nora Mensa were chillaxing backstage. And then we got ourselves Shakira Jackson and, uh, you know, a Lash Legend. See if they can help out, but uh, they run in too late and uh, uh, Robert Stone's children are giving the old oopsie doopsie, giving the point in the wrong directiones. The wrong directiones. So eventually they fight towards the ring. And by the time they fight, they get in the ring uh, about, uh, you know, two minutes. So they fight, baby. Um, about a minute after, before the match starts, before they actually start the match, I'd say. Um, so, this was about five and a half minute match from start to finish. Uh, one thing about to say this match now, uh, NXT, of course, tag ropes are used all the time. But when they're not, it doesn't matter. And with I find a lot of times with NXT, uh, it's either the tag ropes are used when they're tagging in and out. But what does it matter when uh, it's going to be two on two? When they're just going to have a big uh, scrum inside a ring? You know? So it's, it's a lot of fun, these matches are a lot of tag team matches in general are just a lot of fun in the WWE. It's no different than any other federation now. No different! You know? I'm not even sure why they have tag ropes. You know? What does it do? What does it even mean anymore? Right? Am I right? High five. Anyways. <clears throat> so it was Robert Stone. His, uh, I guess, uh, Robert Stone's back to becoming a wrestler. Uh, his children decided that uh, Robert Stone and uh, Vaughn Wilder became a tag team. And now, uh, now, of course, if you don't know, Robert Stone has been a wrestler before in his pre previous lifetime at the, uh, you know, what's that, uh, the Impact Zone, I believe, where it was called uh, TNA at the time. And now it's called TNA now. Anyway, so he's fighting the first part of the match, and he tags out, and Von Wagner comes in the ring there, and he squashes. He just smashes both uh, Noam Dar and Oromensa, picking up for a double, a double, one hand each, one person on each hand, a double choke slam. Mm -hmm. He gets them both down, baby. Now here's another move here. Now Von Wagner and uh, now Robert Stone clearly, he uh, he's a wrestler. He knows all the moves because he's been wrestling before. Uh, and he's the high flyer because he's a smaller one. It's a good team. Robert Stone, Vaughn Wagner, 
you know, the high flyer, the strong, the strength, and the, you know, regardless. We got a big move. Ron Wagner uh, um, uses himself as a uh, something to stand on, a launching pad where Von Wagner stands on his shoulders and he launches himself. Big old splashy poo, you know, right on top of uh, you know Noam Dar. But as Oromenza breaks up the pin, breaks it up, not today. That uh, I guess uh, triggers the final uh, sequence where uh, Noam Dar he gets thrown out of the ring by uh, <laughs> Robert Stone. Now here's his gets uh, Mr. Stone, whatever Robert Stone, Mr. Stone, whatever you call him. But one thing for sure in this match here, the crowd was loving Robert Stone and Von Wagner. You know, um, so. Why say that? Uh, now, now the end sequence. Uh, Von Wagner, he throws out Ormenza out of the ring there. Von Wagner tries to, not Von Wagner, Robert Stone throws out, uh, you know, Ormenza out of the ring and then tries to follow up with the massive tope, a slingshot tope. High, uh, high cross tope. And this is where it gets hilarious. Now, I guess maybe it's due to the fact that Robert Stone hasn't really been wrestling for in years or uh, the fact that he has uh, a zero depth perception or... Uh, He's just straight up confused because he goes for his, uh, you know, t slingshot tope over the top rope. And however, long out of the way, long time out of the way was Oro. You know, uh, Robert Stone just flattens himself on the ground, takes himself out of the match with the, he just, just washed himself on the mat. You know, that's what he said, I promise you. Dennis Von Wagner, he takes out Oromenza with a big old kick. Oh, Oromenza, oh no, gets out there. And this is where he gets, uh, things get out of hand. Is Von Wagner versus uh, Noam Dar in the ring there. Von Wagner's doing pretty good. Lifts up Noam Dar for a massive power bombay. La bomba. A power la bomba. And then it's Oromenza, it's, first of all, it's Chikura Jackson and Lash Legend. They jump on the referee. They jump on the apron and call for the referee. Hey, referee over here. I gotta tell you something. Your shirt looks terrible. I'll give you some fashion tips. So referee's like, what? What's wrong? This is what you gotta wear. So he goes over to talk some fashion sense with uh, Lash Legend and Jakira Jackson. And while that's happening, inside the ring, it's uh, Von Ryder picking up, uh, you know, um, Noam Dar for a powerbomb, La Bamba. And it's uh, Oromensa with a chop block. Hiya! Takes out the knee of uh, big old Von. Big Von Wagner. And then with the roll-up, oh, roll-up, which has, uh, you know, Noam Dar sitting on the chest of uh, Von Wagner. One, two, three. It is over! In about five and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, moving on. We go backstage, and this with the uh, a chase abrasion, the chase you celebration. It is the, uh, they're all celebrating because, of course, thanks to the genius and hard work of J.C. Jane putting together a scantless calendar of the women of the NXT, calling it the Chase U Women of uh, Chase U. So I guess everything's going back to normal. Uh, the class is getting back and uh, Chase U is uh, running as nothing happened, I suppose, as of now. But it is J.C. Jane who gets all the props out. Here's the thing. Because uh, I guess uh, Andre Chase is a complete degenerate gambler. Someone had to pay the bills, and uh, I guess he owed money to the Angelo family. So we got ourselves a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe a deal. 
It's uh, J.C. Jane paying off, I guess, whatever is left of the, what they owe to the Angelo family, to uh, Ariana Rizzo. And they talked, hey, you know, we got a tag match later tonight. If you guys win, can we get the second again, the uh, Andre Chase, Chase University, get the cracks at it? And she's, hmm, I'll talk to the boys about it. I'll talk to the boys about it. Ariana Rizzo. Anyways, she's great. Anyways, moving on. We go to a... Oh my goodness. Now, this got a lot of potential, this match here. It was, uh, now, this is all about uh, Rich Holland and his revenge tour on the, the Gallus boys. So he wants revenge on all. He just wants to beat them all up. But Ava, Rain, Ava, she's like, uh, uh, you can't have them all at once. I got to do this for your own safety. This is going to be a gauntlet match. You got to beat one after the other. And if you lose, the gauntlet's over. Gauntlet's over. So, yeah. So, here's the thing. It's not like a regular gauntlet match where you know who's your first opponent, who's your second opponent, who's your third opponent. They, you're coming one at a time. So, with this one here, they're doing like the, the no quarters catch crew. You don't know who's going to fight. Who are you going to fight until you're going to fight them? It's like, whatever. That's so lame. Um, so, this is basically the same thing. All three of them go to the ring there, looking like little killer bees, little bumblebees buzzing around. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Who's going to be the first to fight? Rich Holland. Will it be uh, uh, Joe Coffey? Will it be Marcus Coffey? Or will it be Wolfgang? And we find out that uh, right at before, right as the bell hits, it is Wolfgang who is the first person. Now, this first match was about nothing. First match was good. Um, it was six and a half minutes. It was a lot of, it was two meaty men just slapping each other around. Eventually, eventually, yeah, in this match here, it was a lot of uh, the Gallus trying to interfere, you know, distractions and whatnot. But in the end, it was this. Um, it was Wolfgang trying to go to the top rope for some sort of uh, high move, high, like a high risk maneuver. But he gets caught on top and he gets thrown off the top rope. And then with one massive, uh, now he does his F move. Um, it's basically a, uh, uh, what is it? A body driver. He basically, well, he just basically smashed him down. And what is it? Uh, who knows? The, uh, it's like uh, the, uh, what's that? The dairy crash, but done on, anyway, so he slams uh, Wolfgang down and gets the pin. And after that, it's Marcus Coffey. He runs to the ring there. They start fighting. Now, this is where he gets out of hand. You know, um, now, it was fun, Marcus, uh, Marcus Coffey and uh, Rich Holland. It was a good match. When it allowed, when they wrestled, you know, two uh, same styles of wrestling, you know, ground games, punch and kick, you know, uh, throws. Um, yeah, it was good until, of course, uh, we got ourselves the ending of the match of the here. It's not just ending of this match, but the entire match. It's uh, with the finishing move. Rich Holland picks up uh, Marcus, and uh, almost like a like a power slam, but he drops down too on the side. I think uh, Gunther did this finishing move a little while ago. He stopped doing it. He just going with a power bomb, straight up power bomb again, which he should. Gunther's got one hell of a power bomb. Anyways, Ridge Holland with this uh, almost like a sidewalk slam, you know, sidewalk driver onto, uh, you know, Marcus Coffey. Now, this is where it gets hilarious. When Rich Holland goes to the pin. He's stretching his legs out. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. So he's stretching. Now, the referee's counting, but here's the thing. Um, Rich Holland, his legs are so far out of balance. He's far, his legs are stretching outside the ring. You know, 
I mean, that alone, the ref would stop the count for a rope breakage. But I guess they had to have another thing where uh, uh, Joe Coffey was supposed to uh, grab his legs and pull it out. Now, I know that, uh, you know, uh, Rich Holland, he, he can see that uh, Joe Coffey's a shorter guy with shorter arms. So I guess he felt he had to be closer to the rope so he can be grabbed. I don't know. But uh, Joe Coffey pulls on the leg of Rich Holland. You know, what does that mean? Nothing really. Uh, Rich ref stops the count. Rich Holland slides out of the ring and then decks Joe Coffey. Just punches him. Wacko. And then they call it a match. They call it a match. That's it. This is disqualification. It's like, what? Why? Why? You know? I mean, uh, it was ridiculous that they ended it like that. Oh, no. So they stopped the match for some apparent reason. Everybody's like booing. It's a boo fest. Like, what's going on? Do you even know what's going on here? Can't the entire Gallus just take the whoopings? But I guess they're stretching this out. They're stretching it out. Maybe it's going to be their next, uh, you know, uh, premium live event. They're going to have something big planned for the whole thing. Maybe some sort of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, some sort of cage match. Like some sort of elimination. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But regardless, it ends with uh, the Gallus trying to beat up, uh, you know, Rich Holland in the ring there. All three of them. You know, Wolfgang and uh, Marcus hold him back while Joe Coffey tries to take a chair and smash him, smash Rich Holland in the face with it. But Rich, he's just too strong. He kicks everybody away and he grabs a chair and smashes all three of Gallus, making them all look like weaklings, little, just squashing them like little bumblebees. That's right, I said bumblebees. Because they wore those, those uh, shirts, those t-shirts with the uh, black and yellow stripes, just like bumblebees, just like the bumblebee. So yeah, he uh, smashes all three of them with the chair. And then Joe Coffey, he doesn't get off light. He gets smashed the most. He gets smashed multiple times with that chair, baby. That's right. And then we go backstage, and it's, of course, this man, he is truly the new king of the insufferable. That's right, the insufferable Lexus King. These, what a character that guy is, you know? Well, he's confident. His confidence level is just the same level as CM Punk. Him and CM Punk has got the same confident level. It's craziness. It's completely undeserved. Anyways, so he's back there. He starts uh, giving a mouthful to Robert Stone and uh, Mr. Stone and uh, Vaughn Wagner about losing. Like, well, you know, Lexus King knows a lot about losing because he loses a lot himself, you know? Anyways. That's, he's just during the podcast. Lex is doing what he does best. Well, at least he's in the zeitgeist. Anyways, we go backstage. And it's with the uh, No Quarter Catch crew. Drew Gulak and the Gabbity Gulaks. And they are, of course, uh, Charlie Dempsey, Damien Priest, Damon Priest, Miles um, Bourne, back there. Then they're admiring the Heritage Cup, sitting back there in the uh, locker room area. You know, oh, the history of this cup goes way back. And they all want it. And it's Norm Dar and Ormenza show up there. And it's hilarious. Because they start talking, they start talking shit. It's great. I mean, talking, you know, they start talking. Ormenza, or Norm Dar is like saying that. Shouldn't you boys, well, I just say it in my, shouldn't you boys be back in Gulak's basement dousing each other down in baby oil? <laughs> it's like, no! And then he's like, uh, and hanging each other, uh, hanging each other with stats. I think that's what he said. Hanging each other. Anyways, so some uh, fun things going on. But it looks like, uh, yeah, I guess 
Drew Gulak's team thinks that the Heritage Cup will look better in their team. And I gotta say, Charlie Dempsey, I haven't seen that guy do anything in a long time. Charlie Dempsey, I don't know. Maybe uh, he likes doing nothing. I don't know. I don't know. Charlie Dempsey. You know, he's a catch-all wrestler. Who knows? No, he's a British Strong Style. British Strong Style. Old school, old-time wrestler style. Anyways, regardless. But Charlie, uh, you know about uh, Charlie Dempsey? We go to our next match, which is uh, Lola Vice versus Tatum Paxley. Now, here we go. It is uh, about a four-minute match. A four-minute match. Uh, this match here was battle between the sneakers. Now, these two, just sneakers. I always think, why why are people wearing sneakers in a ring there? Isn't it important to protect your ankles? Like, with wrestling boots, you got good ankle support, you know? I mean, uh, it's so easy, because it's such a physical activity. To, uh, to get your ankles sprained is very simple. Very easy. But uh, they don't care. Uh, sneakers look better with my uniform. I'll just wear the sneakers. Anyways, they're not the first to wear sneakers. You know? A lot of people wear sneakers doing sport that's not running. You know, or basketball. Regardless, that's enough of my complaining about the sneakers. Now, what about this match here? What about this match? Now, this, of course, uh, Lola Vice, she is the queen of the kicks. And Tatum Paxley, the crazy one, Tatum Paxley, who once decided to uh, try to kill Roxanne Perez, landing her on her head. Anyways, Tatum, she is uh, an all-around wrestler. She can do high-flying. She can do, uh, you know, punching. She can do just about everything. She's a catch-all wrestler. And she has this one move. It's pretty impressive looking. She starts off with a standing splash, so she gets some pretty good height on it. She does a half-twist, ends with a... Uh, Elbow drop. Very nice looking. I gotta say. Now the referee in this match, uh, I believe that was uh, um, Joey Gonzalez. I think it's him. He uh, gets a little bit handsy on uh, Lola Vice. She gets, uh, you know, Tatum in the corner, doing some stomps and kicks and you know some groundwork. And uh, the referee, he, you know, he not too aggressively, but he does pull her away. But while that happens, we got ourselves some. Oh, I couldn't believe it. Maybe uh, it's a miracle. Maybe uh, they change your mind over the whole situation. And that is uh, Lyra Valkyria. From being freaked out over, you know, uh, Tatum Paxley's uh, obsession over her. Now she's like, wants to root her on. Wants to cheer her on. Because I guess maybe, uh, you know, it's a, she's a friend now. Or maybe more. So she gives a, and this gives uh, Tatum Paxley a little bit of a oomph. So she brings back her game with a massive dropkick. But in the end, it's this. Lola Vice catches uh, Tatum Paxley with her patented spinning heel kick, which usually ends matches right then and there. You get hit, and no matter when, it's over. Over! But this time, no. Tatum Paxley's getting the strength, the power, from, uh, you know, Lyra Valkyrie staying by there, you know, rooting on her new best friend. Now she kicks out of that. She gets knocked down again for another pin. She kicks out of that, and she's going, she's, you know, She's trying to get her the power, the will to, to move or go on. But as Lola Vice is basically just a cat playing with a toy. She then gives her another spin kick to the face. Wacko! Spinning heel kick, yeah. You think it's over? No! It is Tatum Paxley with the heart. She can't give up. Not in front of Valyra and Valkyria. Not like this! So she, with the, she didn't kick out. She was close to the ropes. She used uh, ring awareness. The leg on the ropes there. Referee did not count to three. After that, it is... Uh, they. They squirmish a little bit in the ring. Um, 
Lola Vice ends up uh, getting uh, spinning her up into a code of which what looks like a code of silence, or a version of the code of silence. You know, Carmela, looking at you, kid. Anyways, code of silence, and that ends it. Tana Paxi can no longer fight. Referee calls a match. Dunzos. And it was about four minutes, like I say. It was pretty good. But it gets weird after that because Lion Valkyrie is so concerned. Oh, no! Whoa, 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 And she picks her up and she carries her back to the safety of the back. Just carries her like a bebe. Like a bebe. And then with that, we go backstage. With the attorney Angelo. With the, uh, I guess, the attorney, the attorney at law. And uh, I guess the advocate, now new advocate of uh, uh, Tony D'Angelo. It's uh, Luca Crucifino, attorney at law. And he says, uh, basically, he's saying that there's a tag match coming on tonight. It's for the world championship gold. And uh, Luca Crucifino saying that you've been bullied into this. They weren't, they weren't bullied into anything. You know, it was uh, straight up uh, stacks. He picked up that match. He said, oh, take that match. We'll do it. There was nothing, uh, nothing that said they had to do it. They didn't hold anybody hostage, you know. Um, Ariana Rizzo, she was, she's just fine, regardless. So he's like, uh, yeah, uh, you, no one tells, you know, Tony D'Angelo what to do. So that's interesting. Some interesting stuff there. Um, anyways, we come in with uh, um, Adriana Rizzo. She gets in there with uh, uh, Channing Stax Lorenzo. They all got matches, obviously, the tag team match. And, uh, you know, Adriana has a match with Jada Parker of Out the Mud. And she's all ready. She's ready for this match. You know? And it is, uh, yeah. Tony Daniel getting ready for their match against, uh, you know, uh, uh, Baron Corbon. And uh, what's that? Uh, Braun Breaker. Anyways, moving on. We go backstage, it's, uh, oh, it's a beautiful scene. Laria Valkyria, Valkyria, and, uh, you know, Tatum Paxley, she puts her down. Tatum Paxley, she calls like, Sleeping Beauty. Oh, whoa, 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 And then we got herself Shotzi. Shotzi shows up, and she wants some of that um, Lyra Valkyria. And basically, next week, his match is made already. Apparently, uh, she already knew it was going to be a sure thing. Shotzi challenges Lyra Valkyrie. Lyra says, "I ah, sure, of course, yes, of course. I want a piece of this. I want to fight. Let me just tell uh, Ava." And Shotzi's like, "Already did that. All she wanted, all all you needed was you're okay." Yeah, whatever. Anyways, moving on. We go to our very next match, which is uh, the, representing the the Angelo family. It's uh, our Adriana Rizzo versus uh, representing Out the Mud. It's uh, Jada Parker. Nobody at their corner. Nobody at the corners. Now, this one here was about uh, another four-minute match. Four minutes, that's the thing. Now, Ariana Rizzo, she's a, pretty much a catch-all wrestler. She's nice uh, drop kicks and stuff. She can do pretty much it all. She's a nice high flyer as well. Um, I guess, uh, uh, what's that, uh, Jada Parker? She likes to use that buttocks of hers. She has this move where she jumps on the ropes there. and uh, Like what Shinsuke does usually. Shinsuke sets someone up on the top rope there. And she, he falls up with a knee, except you're on her stomach. He falls with a jumping knee. Jumping knee. While, uh, what's that? Jada sets up uh, Adriana on the second rope, lying on the second rope, and then she gets up and she sits on her belly. Now, here's the funny thing. Here's I find it strange. I don't know why it's so strange, but uh, it seems that Jada, um, Jada Parker was, uh, 
I guess she was the favorite of the crowd. They were all cheering Jada's name. You know, no one really cheered, uh, you know, Adriana. Poor Adriana. No one really cheered for her. <laughs> Although I was. Go, Adriana! Anyways. So in the end, it's, it's a weird ending. It's a weird ending, uh, you know. Um, what's that? Adriana gets taken down by Jada Parker. You know, it's a basically a ground game, just ground and pound. Jada Parker gets beaten up physically, gets just beaten up, kicks and punches, and just, you know, like that. It's like that, the match. And it comes down to this. Um, it's a the bring it on moment, I guess. Adriana Rizzo, she gets, uh, she tries to get messed up all her entries. She's, bring it on! Give me all you got! So then, Jada Parker does. I mean, it reminds me of... Uh, Trick Williams' his finishing move, where Trick Williams, he jumps up at you, he jumps towards you into a ball. And it's, uh, I guess it's supposed to be like a jumping knee, but he can, he hits you with anything, his body. It's like, um, it's it's just it's just a mess of a move. This one here is just as a mess of a move. She goes in and she goes, she, flo he, she uh, throws her body into uh, Adriana. It's like, okay, what is that? Is that supposed to be a, a forearm shimmer? It's supposed to be a punch? Is that supposed to be a shoulder block? I don't know. But whatever it is, it was enough. And ended the match. And like, okay, yoki toki. And then we got ourselves backstage locker room. Now here's the thing. It is the uh, the Wolf Dogs, Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin. Now Braun Breaker, he's got he's got contracts coming in left and right. Literally from Raw and SmackDown, they both want Braun Breaker in their brand. He's got a future with or without, you know, Baron Corbin. No, but Baron Corbin, he hasn't been champion for, they say, seven years. And he's really hungry. Really, really hungry. Hungry! Like a wolf dog. Anyways. So this is on. The match is on. So here we go. You know, I got, you know, wolf dogs love them. Great stuff. As a team, they got great chemistry. But here's the thing. This blew my mind. Blew my mind. This match blew my mind. It was uh, Carmelo Hayes. Versus Joe Gacy. No, Carmelo Hayes. He is right now the number one hated guy in NXT. Now, um, Joe Gacy, he hasn't been doing much. He's lost his entire schism. He's, uh, I'm not sure what's going on. Um, but, you know, from he's floundering pretty much. But here's the thing. The crowd really didn't know what to do. They were confused. Now, should they uh, jeer? Should they boo Carmelo Hayes? Or should they cheer, uh, uh, you know, Joe Gacy? It's a really tough choice. But it ended up, at first, it was like, uh, who do we cheer? And well, half the crowd was cheering for Joe Gacy because they didn't like uh, Carmelo Hayes. And they liked Joe Gacy more than Carmelo Hayes. And half the crowd just straight up did not like Joe Gacy. So they cheered up for uh, you know, Carmelo Hayes, even though he was supposed to be the biggest heel. So it's like, wow, it's very, very split. You know, who do we cheer, who do we cheer for? It's a matter of uh, who do we like less very confused but this match here um joe gacy i think his new gimmick is uh the uh, doink the clown i think joe gacy's doink 2.0 this gimmick is he's basically an undestructible clown yeah <laughs> i don't know he doesn't say that but uh he's very clownish in that ring you know especially when he uh cost uh what's that uh die jack a match when you use a uh, a punching uh like a What's a, a boxing glove on a stick? Yay, punch him in the face. It's like, what? 
Whatever. Anyways, this match here. What about this match? What about this match? This match was incredible. Carmelo Hayes, he is one of the best out there. Period. You know, when Carmelo shoots, he don't miss. Uh, Grayson, uh, Joe Gacy. Now, he hung with Carmelo Hayes. Joe Gacy showed why he's still in the NXT. I can hate on Joe Gacy all I want. But one thing's a fact. Joe Gacy knows how to bring it in the ring. And this was very good. Even though it had some weird moments. Honestly. Um, Joe Gacy was thrown out the ring there. And he uh, does his best, uh, you know, um, hornswoggle impression. He's the... Uh, I guess he lives underneath the ring. So he, uh, with ease, slips underneath the ring. And then he he does, I guess he's doing a side roll. And he rolls right out the other side of the ring. Carmelo Hayes goes, oh, where did he go? Where did he go? Joe Gacy then pops in the ring there. with a, And then with a massive tope suicida between the second and third rope, takes it out. Carmelo Hayes. But this one here was a lot of Joe Gacy. A lot of Joe Gacy uh, offensive moves. It was pretty, I was like, wow. This is this match is not only entertaining, it is uh you know it's uh competitive. It is it was really good. Blow my away, blow my socks off. Uh, Joe Casey, one of the moves was a massive insiguri. You know? Um actually it's uh when it was uh yeah. Um what's that uh yeah. I think it's insiguri. Um I think I'm wrong with that. Anyways, um, he brings him down with the side, with the, basically a, uh, um, the rock, the rock bottom, you know, that's what it is. Anyway, so after that, he, uh, it, was, it, was, it was just a big move. But here's the ending, though, that I struggle on what move is called, you know. Uh, it's uh, basically a nice rock bottom. Um, Yeah, I'm going to let go. Um, yeah. So after that, the finishing move, finishing time, it's uh, Joe Casey. He goes for his upside down, which he hits those ropes. He does a handstand uh, against his ropes. Uh, and then he's supposed to come off with a massive lariat. But if, however, he gets caught with um, the double knees to the face. The double knees to the face by, uh, you know, what's that? Uh, Carmelo Hayes. Massive, massive move. After that, it was over. That was just a warm-up move. Uh, he gets the uh, the lung blower, or the recoil, you know, or the uh, what's that? The, the cold breaker. And he hits those. Goes to top rope and nothing but net. Massive leg drop on Joe Casey. Smash Joe Casey. Gets a win. One, two, three. Carmelo Hayes, big victory. It looked good. Carmelo Hayes, yeah. But after the match, however, it's uh, Dijak. He comes in there with the club in hand. Uh, I guess dishing out some street justice start beating up some uh, you know uh, Joe Gacy brings out a straight jacket now I think it's this I think this is Joe Gacy's next thing his next uh, venture is wrestling with a straight jacket on this is a crazy Joe Gacy I think crazy Joe Gacy you know doink 2.0 um, now the whole thing is that I saw he had the straight jacket on and he got up without any problems. He stood up from on the ground, he stood up without without any assistance, without any problems. So Joe Casey is accustomed to uh, having a straitjacket, for having his arms tied up and moving around. So, yeah. Joe Casey, there's promise. You know, once Joe Casey finds who he is and who knows where this is going, you know, 
It's Strange Act Crazy Joe Gacy. Let's see what he can do with this little thing. It's like, oh, you think I'm, you think I'm, I don't know. Moving on. So yeah, he puts a straight jacket on Joe Gacy and beats him up and kicks him, kicks him right in the head. Gives him no spin kick to the head. But since Joe, Joe Gacy's just up straight up crazy, Joe Gacy just enjoys it. He smiles. Hey, 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 can I have some more, please? He didn't say that. But he was, seemed to be very happy getting his head kicked. So yeah, Joe Gacy. What you gonna do? Anyway, so now after that, we go backstage in the locker room area with uh, some Brindley Reese, Carmen Petrovic, and Kiana Jordan. Oh, Kelani Jordan, I should say. Now it's uh, Brindley Reese. She's got a big match against Kiana James. And uh, what's that? Uh, Kelani, she's uh, giving her some good kadoos. I think he can beat Kiana James. And then Lash Legend and uh, Jakira uh, Jackson comes in there, you know. And basically, uh, they're... Uh, you're talking to uh, what's that? Uh, um, now, Lash, she's uh, apparently Akira James. She gave a lot of kudos to uh, you know um, Kalani Jordan's wrestling ability, saying you know, and she's basically she doesn't understand why Kiana James is giving uh, uh, is giving it up to uh, um, you know Kalani. But uh, however, you know. Uh, Kalani says, uh, well, maybe she doesn't see you as a threat. Stuff like that. Anyways, uh, he says that, and all, he also she also says, what does Noam Dar see in you, after all? It's like, oh, burn. Oh, burn. Anyways, we move from there to uh, backstage, which is the new Roxanne Perez, the new and dangerous, or extreme, I don't know, maybe she's more bitchier, Roxanne Perez. She's got a. She's no longer the Miss Nice Girl. Now, Roxanne Perez, she's all huff and puff. She goes in the locker room. She starts bitching and complaining to everybody in the locker room that will listen to her. You know, we got herself uh, Gigi Dolan. We got, uh, you know, um, what's that? Uh, what's that? Uh, Brittany. Uh, what's that? Uh, Ren Sinclair back there. You know? Well, we got a couple people back there. Um, uh, yeah, anyways. So she starts complaining, and uh, Ren Sinclair, she starts games. She tries to be uh, helpful. She tries to be helpful, and uh, why she talks about why Shotzi should get it. Why Shotzi is getting a title shot because she's what she done, what she accomplished. She's been there so long, and Roxanne Perez like we'll have none of it, and punched her right in the face, just punched her in the face. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she's gonna pay for that, I guess. Uh, who knows? Anyways, we go up to our next thing. It's Obafema. Obafemi, I should say. Obafemi. Your North American champion. He is, uh, he calls him, he is the, now he starts up by saying, you can't, you can't argue with prophecy. And it's true. Obafema is written, so it is done. Obafemi, he's just barely in, been in the business and he is already a dominant champion. You know, he put away, uh, what's that, uh, he won't be, he, he won the champion off. He won the championship up, I believe, off of uh, you know, Dragon Lee. And he beat Dragon Lee, and he defended his belt against Dragon Lee, retained his championship gold. And it says he says uh, what's that? Obafemi says it takes more than fighting spirit to beat Obafema. Obafemi, that's true. Um, now Dragon Lee, it's the first of the ca many casualties to come. 
And speaking of casualty, we got uh, Lexus King. He marches down there and calls himself like, Oh, you call yourself the king? I'm the king because that's my name. I'm my name, therefore I'm the king. You know, you don't call yourself the king if you don't think you're the king. You know, he didn't say all that, but the, the jest is there. He's called king, therefore he thinks he's the king. So anyways, uh, Lexus also thinks he's uh, he's taking responsibility for Obafema being the champion. Obafemi, you know, I weaken up Dragon Lee for you. That may be true, but uh, he defended it with by himself and crushed Dragon Lee by himself. So anyways, it's down to this. Obafemi, he doesn't like empty threats. And that's when, uh, you know, it's coming down to Obafemi with a challenge next week where he was smashed to holy hell out of, uh, you know, Lexus uh, King. But after that, oh my god, Lexus would not hear any of that. So he attacks Obafemi. He tries to get him in his uh, shake, rattle and roll. Shake, 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 rattle and roll. The uh, coronation, neck breaker, but he gets just picked up and thrown away. Thrown away! Obafemi tries to give him a nice power bomb, but uh, Lexus King, he uh, escaped with his life. With his life! And speak of life, I don't know. We go backstage with the, the life water of the uh, kitchen, the NXT kitchen, where we got, you know, um, Josh Briggs talking sports with some, uh, you know, noobs backstage. And then that's when we got, oh my goodness, the confrontation. It's uh, Brooks Jensen shows up. Oh, guess what? You said I should grow some balls. Guess who's grown some balls? That's right. Brooks Jetson's proud of his new balls and he goes and attacks uh, Josh Briggs. Bring it on! Maybe, I don't know, how is this match going to go? It's, uh, it was, it, you know, this is uh, something that was going to happen. A long time coming, I suppose. And now maybe uh, it's going to happen sooner or later. Not this week, though. Moving on. We go to the ring with their next match. It is Kiana James versus Brittany, uh, Brinley Reese, which I found out that Brinley Reese even though she's been in it, uh, the NXT for a hot minute, but she's been in a few matches. Not yet in the WWE website as of today. Anyways, so Kiana James, Brittany Reese, this was about three minutes and 10 seconds. You know, about your average commercial break, I would say. So if you went to take a, I don't know, took a crap while they were fighting, you would have missed a match. Oh, this is going to be long. This is going to be a barn burner. I'll be right back. I got to drop a deuces. Okay, anyways. So, with, of course, Kiana James is her friend, Izzy Dame. Now, early on in the match, of course, Izzy Dame was taking, uh, you know, make use of by uh, Kiana James. Uh, took them fight outside. When Kiana James got thrown inside the ring, she got the referee, which was uh, Felix Fernandez, I believe. Over here, i got to tell you something. Did you know I got a good handbag on sale at Macy's? It's a good price. And she's like, really, Felix, uh, tell me more about it. So he's like, let me tell you about this. So an outside ring, it is uh, Izzy Dame with a massive Larry taking down Brittany Reese. But not just that. Now, they fight on Brittany Reese when she turns things around finally. It is, uh, you know, Izzy Dame jumping on an apron there, causing a distraction, taking uh, Izzy um, taking uh, Brittany Reese off the ball, off the prize. Now, here's a move. This move could have been, oh, this move, it could have been the most devastating move in the world. Now, this is a front step over. Um, which is a, like almost like handspring. We do a front flip over. Now, if it ended with an axe kick, oh, wow, a front step over axe kick, that would be 
a devastating and the, the momentum your foot would have coming over to the front step over whoo that would knock you out that would lob off a head but it didn't she didn't end move with that she stepped up it's like charlotte flair her front step over uh um you know clothesline now even though she ran the ropes she ran the ropes and did a front step over to the clothesline but it just seemed to as soon as she landed on her feet again the momentum seemed to be uh, abolished but regardless it was a fun move now here's the thing it is a uh, um, what's that? Brinley Reese. No, she does a uh, what a. Uh, she has a great. It's it's a fireman's carry, uh, spin out cutter. She does. She picks up Cannon uh, James on her shoulders. He spins around cutter. It's like wow, that's a pretty fantastic maneuver. Now here we go. Cannon James knocks down. Uh, what's that? Uh, Brinley was a with a, a driver. She follows up with a 401k, which is a sling blade flatliner, knocking her right down, you know? And then, after that, it is the, uh, you know, massive uh, kick to the face. So, the most charismatic woman in wrestling right now, Brinley Reese, loses. With It's like the, uh, their finishing move is like the... Uh, would eat the feet, but she does it with her knee. She puts her knee to the face and he drops backwards, and that's it. That's it for uh, Brinley losing the match. Now we go backstage. It was with Roxanne Perez and uh, the Rock's daughter, Ava. And Roxanne Perez is livid over the fact that, uh, you know, Shotzi is, uh, walks in, just waltzes in and gets herself a uh, world championship match. What's that all about? So she's all mad, and uh, you know what? It's I was mad too. It's like you just can't punt, go around punching people in the face. Anyways, um, it comes down to this: uh, Ren Sinclair, she wants a match next week, and uh, Rox and Perez is like, yeah, whatever, next week, sure, what? I don't care. So it's gonna be next week, Ren Sinclair, Rox and Perez. I'm looking forward to that one. I like Rox and Perez. She's one hell of a wrestler. She might be about five feet nothing, but hey, she's one hell of a. She she's got mind for wrestling, you know. Anyways, that's me bitching and, you know, the backhanded compliments. I'm full of those. Anyways, so uh, after that, she talks. Once you get, once you deal with this, then we can talk about your future with the uh, world championship picture. So I like that. So with that, we got now, they're waiting backstage. It's, uh, you know, Idris Enofe and Malik Blade. Um, now Malik Blade, she's worried about uh, Brittany Reese losing a match like that. Because he knows firsthand losing makes you feel sad, makes you feel all depressed. And she feels that, uh, he feels that uh, Brittany Reese is going to be all sad. Idris Nofe is like, uh, um, really? So he's, he doesn't he doesn't care here nor there. He's making fun of the whole situation. Anyways, so uh, they're expecting to see a sad Brittany Reese all like boo-hoo-hooing backstage. But she comes in there with a, a massive cartwheel. She's the most charismatic woman for a reason. Even in loss, she sees the loss as a reason to grow. To see that uh, fighting someone more more uh, experienced than you. You know, you might have lost, but you fought someone more experienced. And you can learn from your the mistakes, learn from your losses. Train more, get better. So she has a right attitude. And guess what? Malik Blade's all about that. All about that. So he's like, I want that attitude. I want that energy. So I want to turn this ship around. And with that energy, yeah, he could. Because Malik Blade, Idris Nofe, both of them, massive, massive talents, which are pretty much jobbers right now. Can't buy a win in these days. Actually, any days, really. 
So with that said, we go to our main event match of the night, which is, of course, uh, it's a tag team championship title match. Your reigning and defending champions, the uh, Angelo family, Tony Angelo and Channing Stacks Lorenzo, def your, uh, defending their titles against uh, the Wolf Dogs of Baron Corbon and Braun Breaker. Now this one here, another tag team match where uh, when the ropes, when they, when they use tags, when they tag in and out, the ropes are always used. But however, does that even matter when it's always four on four or two on two in a ring there? They both, I mean, there's so much, you know, two on two in a match. It's like, does it, does it matter that they have tag ropes at all? It's just like, what's going on? What is going on these days in the tag wrestling division? You know? But like I say, there's a lot of, uh, you know, tornado tag going on, tornado fighting. But a lot of times there are actual one-on-one -on -one and tagging actually made. But there's like a 50-50 in the match. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Now, here's the thing. Channing stacks Lorenzo. I think, is stacks is stacks the proper word? Or is proper nickname for uh, Channing Lorenzo? Or should it be called sack? Sacks. Because he gets thrown around like a sack of potatoes. You know? So he gets thrown at uh, everybody. He gets thrown at, uh, what's a Baron Corbon. Braun Breaker gets in the ring there. He gets thrown, uh, he gets thrown a sacks at him. He gets thrown, stacks is thrown at him too. And then they get both, both a Braun and Baron gets thrown outside the ring there. They're both outside the ring. And then stacks, he gets thrown outside the ring too. Three times was stacks get thrown like a sack of potatoes. Channing stacks Lorenzo. Now here we go. Uh, Channing st stacks or <laughs> stacks and uh, Tony D'Angelo take it with a big move. It is the assisted uh, like a power bomb neck breaker on Braun Breaker. Doesn't work. They move on. Braun kicks out of it. Braun out. Braun one of Braun's moves is pretty impressive. He gives you a he grabs you with a gut wrench. He th throws you up in the air and it finishes with a cutter. It's like that is not just strength. That is timing. That is everything. That move is next gen. Next gen. Beautiful when it's done properly. Although I have not seen it done improperly yet. So yeah, beautiful, beautiful move. I just have to mention that. Now another one here is a uh, Braun Breaker, um, you know, Baron Corbin move, uh, a t tangent move, a team move, uh, you know, which I find is great. This uh, Baron Corbin, Braun Breaker, they, they work great as a team. This one here was Braun Breaker. Um, well, it's Baron Corbin popping up, um, you know, Tony D'Angelo, and tossing him up to uh, Braun Breaker for a massive power slam. A power slam. Incredible. You know, Stacks Lorenzo had to break that up because it would have been, that's it. And somehow, Stacks and uh, they all fight outside the ring. They all mentioned fight outside the ring again. A big 2-1-2, big outside the ring, outside the, uh, out front of the commentating table. You know, then Baron Corbin, he gets, he gets thrown right into the steel steps. Oh! And then it's uh, Braun Breaker. It's 2 on 1 now. Braun Breaker gets pow, double power bomb, double power bombed right through, not on the commentating table, but through the commentating table. That's it! I'm thinking, the dream is over, and I'll never will forget the team they had. Boys, I'm gonna miss you. But it's not true. Braun Breaker gets thrown back in the ring there, and with a pin attempt, it's broken up by Baron Corbon. He's like, no, I'm too hungry for this. Breaks it up. They fight on. Baron Corbin ends up uh, taking over. He gives Channing Stacks Lorenzo the end of days. 
know, the massive, uh, you know, what's that, uh, the flatliner. And then uh, him, Channing, uh, actually it's uh, Baron Corbin and, uh, you know, Tony D'Angelo, they roll outside the ring there. Chang stacks the so it's in the ring there alone with uh, Braun Breaker. Braun hits him with the biggest spear in all eternity. You know, it was great. It was a huge one. It was, a, it took the air out of the room. It was so big. And then one, two, three, it was over. You know, Adrian Butler got the pin. Daryl Schwarma got the, uh, uh, count the pin on that. So yeah, it was big. So one, two, three, it's over. Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stacks, uh, Lorenzo, loser title. Your new tag team champions of the world are, of course, um, the Wolf Dogs, Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker. Great. Now what's going to happen now? Because if they if they lost Braun Breaker, still he would go on to Raw or SmackDown. But now I guess there's no rush anymore to go to Raw and SmackDown. He's now a tag team champion with the. Uh, you know, uh, Baron Corbin. And I'd say, personally, I think right now, the best tag team in all of wrestling, yeah, all of wrestling, not just WWE, is uh, this team here. The Wolf Dogs, Braun Breaker, Baron Corbin. Yeah, big fan, love them. Anyways, that uh, wraps up for this episode of, uh, what's that, uh, NXT. And... Uh, not just NXT, but this entire episode of uh, The Wrestling Show. Um, so, anyways, I've been your host, Lip Hazlywood. And uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you around for next episode another time. So, see you next time.